Okay, here we go. Um, we're going to be talking about Proverbs 23, 7. Okay? It's good for you to look at it in your Bible because you need to know what your Bible says. You need to be very familiar with what your Bible says. You know, I was asking Jesus, I was asking the Lord, how did Jesus, because he was a man when he was here on this earth, I was asking, how did the Lord know that he was going to die and then be resurrected? You know, how did the word get in him? Was it in the scripture? Was it in the Old Testament? What was he reading? How did he know that? How did his faith get so strong that when he was facing everything that he faced, that he could go through the crucifixion and being buried and then rise again? Because he would tell the disciples, you know, the Son of Man's going to be lifted up, and on the third day he's going to raise again, and all these things. And I, um, I just was curious one day, and I said, you know, God, how did he know? What scriptures was he meditating on throughout his life where he was so confident that that was going to happen, that he was prophesying it, and then he actually was able to walk through it? Because I don't remember seeing that many scriptures about it. And I just asked him that one question. You know, the, just the next day he started showing me stuff. Just this morning again, he, he showed me the scripture where Abraham was taking Isaac up on top of the mountain, and he told his servants, he said, y'all stay right here at the bottom of the mountain. He said, y'all stay here. Let us go. and We're going to make a sacrifice, and we're going to come back down this mountain. And then he, he prophesied that. Abraham knew that Isaac was going to come back down that mountain with him. So no matter what was going on when we go up to this sacrifice, we're going to come again. You know what I'm saying? And I thought, oh, that's another one of the scriptures that Jesus probably saw and had a deep revelation about empowered him to actually go through being crucified and then still coming back to life. You know what I'm saying? There, there would have to be some scriptures in there somewhere because if you meditate on the word of God, it has the power to transform you. It says, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your mind. We do that with the word of God. So it tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with you. Listen, you can say a lot of stuff. That doesn't mean that's what you're, what's in your heart. That doesn't mean that's where your heart is. But as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I can look at the fruit in your life. I can look at where you're at. I can look at who you are. And I know what you're thinking in your heart. That's a fact. Because the Bible says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if what I think in my heart is what I am, wouldn't it be important for me to change what I'm thinking in my heart to change my outcome? If I want to be something different than I am right now, wouldn't that be the key? Shouldn't I change what I'm thinking in my heart then, right? And I think that's the best way to go about it. People want to be healthy. People want to be whole. People want to have finances. People want to be at peace. And we're dealing with all the outside circumstances. We're running around all day long trying to fix all the outside circumstances. Well, I'll get another job. Well, I'll work some overtime. Well, I'll use coupons. I'll cut back. I don't need, I don't need luxuries. You know, and we try to do everything in the outside. But you're going to continue to produce your outside based on what you believe in your heart. So I think the smart thing to do is if you're trying to change your life is to start trying to change what you believe in your heart. It's got to go past your head. It's got to get in your heart. 
and we can meditate on the word day and night, right? And those seeds will get sown in our heart. When you hear the word of God, it gets sown in your, in your field. That's your heart. And you will produce. The seed that's sown in you is going to produce. That's why I say all the time, if all you're doing is sitting around watching news all day, or if all you're doing is sitting around watching soap operas or scary movies or something like that, you should not be shocked when your harvest is fear or depression because that's what you're sowing in your life. If you want peace, then you need to sow peace. If you want wealth, you need to sow wealth, abundance. You know, all these scriptures we do every single day, they're all about wealth. I have, I have every wealth scripture that I can find in my Bible highlighted in pink. And I just did it in pink because I was using other color highlighters for everything else. And I wanted to be able to flip through my Bible. And anytime I saw pink, I could stop and know that that was a finance scripture. It tells us in Proverbs 3, length of days are in her right hand and riches and honor. And in her left hand are riches and honor. Your barns are filled with plenty. Your presses burst out with new wine. That's all abundance. I mean, and, and there are just hundreds of them, hundreds of them. And so you need to decide what do you want to have manifest in your life. And whatever that is, you need to get in the Word of God and you need to find the scriptures that say that and you need to meditate on them. When I pray about something, if I can't find a particular scripture, which you, you usually can, if you ask God to show me where a scripture is on peace, show me where a scripture. I asked him one time, God, I wanted to buy a couch and my husband knew we needed a couch, but every time I picked out a couch that I thought we could afford that, that was nice and would fit into our home, he had an objection to it. Well, I don't like the color of that one. Well, I don't want, I don't want a print on it. I don't want this. I don't. He had some objection. Well, it's hard for me to spend that kind of money when he's objecting to it. You know what I'm saying? And so I would, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And here we go months and months without a new couch. And we needed a couch. And so I finally said, Lord, I need a couch. What kind of couch should I buy? And lo and behold, he led me right over to this book of Proverbs and Psalms. And it says, they lied down on green couches. And as soon as I saw that, I ran. It was a long time ago. I ran through the house to the phone on the wall. That's how long ago it was. It was before cell phones. And I called him at work and I said, the Bible says this. I'm getting me a green couch and I'm getting it today. And I jumped up and I drove to the furniture store and I got me a green couch because that was what the Word of God said. And so everything you need to know is in this Word. Now, this Word is not everything that God knows. But if you have a question, I promise you it's in here. Okay? Everything you need is in this Word. And so if you need peace or whatever you need, you need boldness, you need, you know, whatever you need. It's in this word. And you need to find new scriptures and you need to think about them and you need to meditate on them all the time. Write those scriptures down. Put it on your mirror in the bathroom or your makeup mirror. Put it on, you know, a card. 
Put it in your car or every time you get in the car, you see it. You know, put it by your bed on your nightstand. Put it on your refrigerator. You need to put it everywhere where every time you see it, you think about it and you meditate on it. When you're going to bed at night, when you're waking up in the morning, let that be your first thought. Just immediately, thank you, Father God, for the peace that passes all understanding that guards my heart and my mind. I thank you that the Prince of Peace, Jesus my Lord, lives inside of me. And if he's in my spirit, then I'm one with him, then I am peace. Or whatever you need. And you find these scriptures and you get them in your heart until you are convinced, until you are completely convinced. And you'll know you're convinced when the trial trying to challenge that word comes against you. Whenever that trial comes, there's always a trial of your faith. When you put that word in and put that word in and put that word in, it needs to be tried. Okay, trying burns off the impurities. Trying saves your soul. Trying, there's a lot of benefits to going through a trial over what you believe. And so you didn't learn to walk without trials. But through the trials, you've mastered walking. Right? So you need to master. You can stand up if you need to. You can, you can master whatever's going on. Okay? But you need to get it in your heart. Get it in your heart so good that when that trial comes, you hold on to it no matter what. It, maybe things will come to try to upset your peace and try to get you out of peace. And you'll just be like, no, I am one with peace. I am peace. I am full and overflowing with peace of God. It passes all understanding. And when you know that, and that's where you're at. Guess what? You come through the trial on the other side and you've maintained your peace. Once you've gone through that, you have peace now. You have peace. The enemy may come back a year or two later and try again to see if you forgot. You know, but you'll be able to go right through that test because you have peace. Once you, uh, once you obtain something, it's yours. And you know, the Bible says... He was talking to Abraham. He said, Abraham, look out on, on the land. Everything you see is yours. So it's like, look out in this Bible. Everything that you see, now I'm not meaning see with your natural eye. I mean see with your spiritual eye. Every, everything that you see in here that you can identify with and you believe it and you receive it in your heart and you decide that scripture's for me. Have you ever had that happen? You're sitting somewhere and something is said and you're like, that's good, I want that, right? So whenever you're that way, that's the scripture that you need to hold on to. That's the scripture you need to write down. You need to get that scripture and you need to make sure it gets in your heart and it gets deep in there. That's how you're going to be successful. You want to know how you're going to have wealth? You want to know how you're going to have fame and influence? how you're going to run the industry that you're called to run. Not because you make everybody do it your way. Or not because you produce something that's a one-hit wonder or something like that. You're going to get to the top of your game, and you're going to maintain it by getting it in your heart. This is a proven biblical truth. If it's in this Bible, it's truth, and it will work. And if it's not in this Bible, don't even worry about it because you don't need it because it's not truth and it's not going to benefit you. This word is truth. 
And every person, even out there in the world, people that don't even know about this, actors and, and leaders in industry and stuff like that, you listen to their testimony, you read their book, and they'll say, you know, well, I just, I believed that I would be a millionaire by this time. And they just meditated on that, and they meditated on that, and they meditated on that until they believed it. When they believed it in their heart, regardless if they even knew the Lord or not, when they believed something so strong that it got in their heart and they wouldn't let go of it, then it happened. It manifested. It became the thing that they needed. What do you want? What are you planning on having? What life are you going to live? How are you going to change this world for Jesus? You have a mandate on your life to do that. We're all called to do that. We're all called to be witnesses. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go out on the street and be a preacher. I mean, it's fun. You should do it. That's not what that means. That means you get at the top of your game. You, you see a football player. I, I remember the little boy's name, J.J. Watt, I believe. He wrote John 3.16 on his face. And during that football game, so many people were influenced by his craft and his ability and his talent to be such an excellent football player that when they did a close-in on his face and John 3.16 was on his face, they said more people Googled that scripture at that moment than ever before in the history of Google. Because J.J. Watt was a good football player. That's how he witnessed. He was a good football player. And he was at the top of his game. And he just looked for an opportunity to let people know about Jesus and just put John 3.16 on his cheeks. And at that moment, when they showed him a close-up, think about the impact he made. All these people that admire him for being a good football player now have received a word from God. That's pretty amazing. You know, whatever you do, if you want to own a bakery and make wedding cakes, just look for an opportunity to be a witness. If you want to be a successful business owner, if you want to try to run the stock market, Whatever you want to do, do it and be the best. Get this word in your heart and get fully persuaded. That's what you were created to do. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to glorify God in that. Be the number one actor in Hollywood. And then when you get up there to receive that big award, just say, thank you, Jesus. That's all it takes. Live your life. Do it, do it in a powerful way. But use your opportunities. You don't got to run around preaching to everybody all day long, telling them how to live. You don't have to condemn anybody. You don't have to tell everybody how wrong they are for everything they're doing. You do you, boo. You get in this word and figure out what you're supposed to be. What life do you want? Where do you want to end up? And you get this word and you get it in your heart. And you get it in your heart so deep that no matter what happens, you don't let go of that dream. You don't let go of that word. 
because that's what you're going to be. What you believe in your heart, that's what you're going to be. That is the Bible. I don't care how much schooling you get. I don't care if you get valedictorian from the highest prestigious school on the planet. If you still think you're a loser or you're not good enough, that reward will not get you anywhere in life. What's going to take you somewhere in life is you believing. It has to get in your heart. Whatever that is. Whatever it is. And you can be a witness to the people that you're supposed to be a witness to. I tell you what, when you have all the money, I remember there's this one preacher. I liked the little guy. But all the drug dealers in his entire city drove these fantastic cars. They had these fabulous, top-of-the-line, expensive vehicles. All the drug lords did. And all the preachers were driving some middle-class garbage. And so all the young people that were growing up in his city admired the drug addicts and wanted to be like them. Because they said, well, if you ever want to get anywhere, you're going to have to follow these guys and not the preachers. And that struck that preacher one day. It just got on his nerves, and he said, no, no. I'm not going to let that happen around here. And he went, and he decided he was going to drive a Rolls Royce, the best car that money could buy. He was going to own it, and he was going to drive it around that town. And he did it. And everybody condemned him. All the church people thought he was some kind of evil thing, you know. I mean, it was a, it was a big deal. And he said, I'm driving this Rolls Royce to show these kids in this town that if they really want success, they need to follow God. And that he was right. He got persecuted. He had to go through that trial, that test. And he had to hold on to what he believed, but he did believe it. He cared about those young men. He wanted them men to see somebody successful serving God, and he was determined to be that guy. I'm going to be so successful, everyone in this town is going to want to be just like me. They're going to come and ask me, how did you do it? How can I be like you? And I'm going to lead them in this truth, and they're going to all be successful. We're going to be more successful than the drug dealers, and we're going to do it for God. That's all it takes is one person to believe something in his heart. And now all of a sudden you change everything. I don't care what it is you want to be. Whatever you want to be, that's important for you. And it's important for God. It ain't nobody else's business. But whatever you decide to do, you need to get the end result of where you want to be in your heart. Start today. Don't think, well, I'm young. I can do that later. No. Why do you have to be 50 before you get your money? Why do you have... Why? No. There's 20-year-old billionaires on this planet right now. You can be that. You don't have to wait. You don't have to do it the way the world does it. You don't have to decide what their way is the way it always has to be. Oh, it just always has to be this way. This is just how it is. No, that's the way the world thinks. What do you want? 
Get it in your heart. And hold on to it. No matter what comes against you. Keep putting it in there and keep putting it in there and keep putting it in there. Sometimes I'll have a situation trying to get that word out of me and I'll just know I am. And I will just keep declaring all the words of God over my life. And my life changes. Okay? Yeah? Okay. Um, everybody listening on the podcast, um, we're thankful that you joined us today. Um, I'm in Bible class at our school here at the church, and um, I just decided to start recording these so that we could um, put them on the podcast, so we could share what we're learning with other people. So thank you for tuning in. God bless you, and we will see you next time. Good morning. Welcome to the Christian Art School of Texas. We're doing our Bible study this morning, and we just wanted to include you in what we're talking about. Um, we were just talking about the fact that whenever we go into a private room or a bathroom or just wherever we are where there's a mirror, that we've been just for the last couple of days looking at ourselves in the eye and saying, You are great. You're amazing. You're anointed. You're blessed, and we're just talking positively to ourselves, and we're just trying to explain to ourselves who we really are, and we're trying to get a grasp on it, and we have been um, experiencing some amazing things, and we just got finished doing the mirror talk, and we all sat in, and I said, how's everybody feeling, and everybody's feeling good, and um, I wanted to share with you that you get to set the pace for your day. You get to decide what kind of day you're going to have. And you don't always feel like having a good day. Some days you just feel like just having a bad day. You just want to pout around and feel sorry for yourself and throw a fit or whatever. But if you will just make it a habit to go in the mirror and decide, no, this is the kind of day we're going to have. We are going to be blessed. We are going to be successful. We are prosperous. We, and, you know, then we start talking to our subconscious mind. Subconscious mind, do not do anything to prevent me from obtaining the wealth that I'm seeking today. The wealth is looking for me, and I want you to help point it out. Or, you know, the friends that I am believing God for are coming into my life today, and I want you to help pick them out. Don't protect me from... The will of God for my life. I'm not scared. I command my subconscious mind to be bold and be very courageous. And just decide today what kind of life you're going to have. And then tell your subconscious mind, tell yourself, you are the first person that you have authority over. You don't have authority over other people. You don't have authority over other you know, situations and stuff. That's, it's none of your business. That's their, their authority, their, their position, you know, but you can, you know, I can't tell somebody to live if they don't want to. You know, I don't have that authority. So you have to take the authority that you have right now, which is the authority over your own life. You do have that. That's God given to you. And you are supposed to be you're supposed to be the star in the movie of your life. You should not be an extra or a backup character in your own life. You should create the screenplay that you want and you should star. 
because this is you. And you were created for greatness. God knew exactly what he was doing when he put you in this earth, when you were born in the country you were born in. He knew exactly what he was doing when he made you the color that you are, the size that you are, the, the everything, the intelligent level you have, the gifting that you have, the talents that you have. All of those things, God knew, and he created you. Now, I'm not saying you can't change those things. If, if you feel like those things do not line up with what you want, you have some desire to have something different. Well, maybe some things in your life aren't exactly the best, but you can get in the Word of God and start believing God and start changing who you are because you are God of your life. And it's very important that you understand that. You cannot run around and think, oh, what does everybody else think about me? Well, they don't think I'm this or they don't think, who cares? I love it that uh, this, somebody wrote a book that said, um, I don't care what you think about me. You know, you shouldn't care what other people think about you. I've also heard a lot of people say that, you know, you'd be shocked at how little other people do think about you. But even the people that are thinking about you, that's none of your business what they think. What's your business is what do you think? What do you think about yourself? It is very important because as a man think it, that's who he's going to be. That's who he is. You have to think it before you're going to believe, before you're going to be it. People think, you know, when I believe it, I'll see it. No, when you believe it, you will see it. Does that make sense? I mean, it, it's going to happen because you believed it first. And then you're going to see it. Well, who do you need to convince? You need to convince you. Because it's what you think that's going to determine where you end up. You don't have to convince the world. Nobody else on this planet has to think you're valuable. It doesn't matter. That can't stop you. Nobody on this planet has to decide that you're smart enough or that you're good-looking enough or that you're uh, rich enough or that you're influential enough or that you're talented enough. No, it, nowhere in the Bible does it say when everyone agrees that you're a great person, then you're going to be a great person. That's not in there. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he's going to be. And the enemy wants you running around thinking that somebody else out there, some other source, some other thing has the authority and the power to dictate what and who you're going to be. That life is just circumstance. That life is just a roll in the dark. You know, a dice, throw your dice out there. You know, maybe, maybe you will, maybe you won't. No, you want it? Then start telling yourself you're going to have it. Start believing what the word says about you having it. Because what you believe is what you're going to have. It's not a roll of dice. It's not a shot in the dark. It's not maybe is, maybe ain't. It's not that. It is what you believe. And what you believe is what you're going to be. Don't let other people tell you what to believe about yourself. Not if it's negative. I mean, somebody might encourage you to believe the best for yourself. That's amazing. Don't let somebody tell you to believe something about yourself that you don't want. They can call you it all day long. They can tell you it all the time. They can even prove it because of circumstances or your actions or things like that. They may even say, see, I told you that's what you are. 
They can do that. But always know, all that is is the enemy, through your flesh, through the natural circumstances in your life, he's trying to get you to believe that what they want is what's going to happen to you. Because if you ever believe that somebody else's words and power have more authority over you than you have over you, you will never get victory. It won't happen. That's why Eve, Eve had to be told, the devil said to her, the serpent said, disobey God, and then you'll be like God. She already was like God. But he had her convinced that if she did something in the natural, that it would affect who she was. And by doing that, she disobeyed God and she ended up messing it up for all of us. And I can't blame her because I would have done the same thing because I have done the same thing in my own life. I have allowed somebody else's opinion about who I am to dominate and control who I believed I was. And therefore, that did create in me what they said. But then I found out the truth. I don't care what they say. I get to decide what I'm going to be. I get to decide what I believe about myself. And if, if I'm having a hard time manifesting it, maybe I, you know, maybe I do mess up or maybe I do do something wrong. You know, that's, that's normal. We're all human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall short. That's what sin is, is because you miss the mark. That's all sin is. You miss the mark. But you know what? If I miss the mark in darts, if I'm throwing darts and I miss the mark... I get the darts and throw them again, and again, and again, and again, until I hit the target, until I hit the bullseye. And you get to do that in your life. Maybe you did mess up. Maybe you did do something silly. Maybe you did something that wasn't really smart. Maybe you didn't make a good grade. Maybe you did, whatever. Okay, so you missed the mark. Oh, well. Are you going to just settle for that? Is that okay with you? Is that who you want to be? Is that what you accept? Because if it is, that's cool. You're the only one that's going to live with the consequences of the decisions that you make. Or do you take that, you know, area of your life and say, hmm, I feel like I missed the mark there. God, I don't know why I missed the mark there. I don't know what's going on inside my life that caused me to make some of the decisions I made, but I repent. I take responsibility for this, and I ask you to deliver me from those thoughts. Deliver me from that way of thinking that creates in me a reaction that I act that way in that circumstance and help me help me react and act the way I want to in order to be who you created because I'm going to fulfill my calling down to the last detail. I'm going to do what God created me to do down to the last detail. And it, if it makes everybody else in the world mad, well, then I'll know for a surety that they're just working for the devil because anybody that's working with God is going to be thrilled to see me fulfilling my God-given destiny. Anybody in God's team is going to be thrilled. I tell you, the whole bench in a baseball game is thrilled when the guy hits a home run. They're not jealous. They're not mad. They're not angry. They're not accusing. When the guy on the team hits a home run, everyone on the bleachers, everyone in the stands, everyone is cheering when you become everything God created you to be, the right team is going to be cheering. You know, the other team on the other side, 
they're not real happy about that. They're throwing their hat down. They're cussing. They're throwing a fit. They're booing and throwing stuff and all mad, telling the ref, you cheated, right? And it's real easy to tell who your team is and who your enemies are whenever you're doing something great. So when you do something great, the Bible says the blessing's going to come with persecution. There's going to be another team out there. There's going to be the opposing team. And they may be going, boo. But everybody that's of God is going to be going, yes. High five. Right? So everybody won't always be happy with your, your uh, success. And that's okay. That way you just know you're on the right track. But I promise you, everyone that's born of God is going to be excited about it. They'll be happy to see you doing your destiny. Now, there are going to be people in your life that when you start going for your dreams and when you start going for your destiny, they're going to think, you know, they don't want you to be hurt. They have past, they have hurts, they have, they have stuff going on in their life, and they, they had experiences, and they love you. They're trying to help you not make those experiences because they want you to be okay. But they don't know that having a bad experience doesn't have authority or power over you to define who you're going to be. Do you know that Walt Disney, I think it was like 301 banks turned him down for a loan. And then he built Disneyland. Somebody finally loaned him the money. Don't you know that all those people that turned him down regretted that? I mean, can you imagine? What would have happened if he would have just said, um, you know, this must be a bad idea. I can't find anybody that supports it. And he would have just quit. I'm trying to find the numbers right now. I believe it was 301 banks. Thomas Edison, 3,000 light bulbs that did not work. But then the next one did. WD-40, there were WD all the way to 39 that did not work. I'm not saying it's just going to pop into your hands. You might have to try a few times. You might have to get back up and go again. You might have to get in front of that mirror every day, every day, every day. You might have to get them scriptures out, quote them scriptures, declare them scriptures, believe them scriptures, meditate on them, think about what they're saying. Keep the vision in front of your face. Know where you're headed. Know the direction you're going. If you don't have a clear, defined definition of where you're going, when you get there, you won't even know you're there. You know, if somebody says, I want, I want more money, okay, well, how are you going to know when you get it? When, if you find a quarter on the ground, are you going to celebrate and think, yes, I did it, I'm finished with that dream, I accomplished it? Because that's more money, Right? Or are you going to get a specific amount? I want $1,000 in my savings account. I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 21. How will you measure it? 
How will you know if you got there or not? Only if it's very detailed. Only if you know. Does that make sense? And you might miss it a couple of times. You might miss it a lot of times. But like Thomas Edison said about the light bulb, he said, I didn't fail 3,000 times. I found 3,000 times that didn't work. Somebody said, he said one time, the steps to making a light bulb, there are 3,001 steps to making a light bulb. He just looked at it as another step. He tried it that way. That wasn't the answer. So he thought about what, what it was. He thought about what it is. What does he need it to do? And he would get up and he would try again. Aren't you glad he didn't give up? Last night, the lights were out here at the church because of that storm. And everything was dark around here. I'm so grateful for him not quitting. Because for centuries, people have lived in the dark. When it was dark outside, it was dark inside. But thank God that he didn't quit. So now it doesn't matter how dark it is outside, we can turn on some lights. What a blessing. I'm thankful that he did the will of God for his life. He knew what he was trying to do. And when he finally succeeded, he knew he had made it. You need to know exactly what it is you want to do. And you need to talk to yourself. You need to meditate on it. The only person you've got to convince is you. And I don't care if you've got to cheer for yourself. I don't care if you've got to say it a million times. Write it, write it, write it, write it. I will make a honor roll. I will make a honor roll. I am so smart. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will make a honor roll. If that's what your dream is. I will pay for my family to go on a two-week vacation to Hawaii. I will pay for my family to go on a two-week vacation to Hawaii. I will. I, I prosper. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I give, and it's given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You know, get serious. What do you want? I, I, the last story I'm going to tell you, and we're going to stop, but there was this little Girl Scout, a little Girl Scout cookie salesman, and her mother would tell her all the time, it was a single mom and this little girl, and her mom would tell her something. I'm, I'm just kind of paraphrasing the story because I don't remember all of it exactly, but she would tell her something like, you know, <clears throat> mama's working hard, you work hard. And um, I'm going to try to send you to school and stuff. And the little girl said, well, mom, what do you want to do? She said, someday I just want to take a trip around the world. You know, they were just talking back and forth about what they wanted someday. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any way of doing it. But they were just working hard. They were both working a lot. And they were just, and that, that was just a dream her mom said. She was going to go around the world one of these days. Well, the little girl got in Girl Scouts. And they were going to give away a prize that year for the, the child, the little girl, that could sell the most Girl Scout cookies out of all of them, she would win a trip for two around the world. And when she heard that that's what the prize was, she started selling some cookies. She lived in a big city where there was apartments and stuff, and she would set up her desk in the apartments by the elevator, and every single person that came in or out of the apartments 
she would try to sell them cookies. She went door to door and door to door. She went and she was selling, 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 selling. She'd get out of school. She'd do her homework. She'd go sell them cookies. So much so that the manager's like, you can't do this, you know, because all the people in the building are getting upset about it. But she just kept on. She found another place to go and another place. And she sold and sold and sold. And it ended up at the end of the season that she had sold more Girl Scout cookies than any other Girl Scout. As a matter of fact, she set a world record, I think, for the number of cookies that she sold. And she won a trip for two around the world and was able to take her mom on that trip. And then the next year, they did it again, and she won it again. And so after that, Walmart called her and wanted her to come and talk to their bosses, to the CEOs and stuff, to the management, to tell them how she did it. What was she thinking? What, what was her opinions about how to be a great salesman? And she started getting paid a lot of money to go tell people how she did it. And my point, she was a little girl. I think she was 11 or 12 years old or something. And she took her mom around the world twice. And then it turned into a career. Just because she had a goal. And she was going to do it. And now look at her. That's pretty amazing. And there's nothing special about her. She just had something she wanted. And she has the power and the ability to become what she wants. Because what you believe, you become. She believed she could do it. She believed she could do it. And she did it. What do you want? Believe it. Talk to yourself. Get you some scriptures. Write it. Get the vision in front of your face. Don't stop. And people may even tell you, you know, don't be disappointed if you don't make it because, you know, a lot of little girls are trying to sell cookies. I'm sure well-meaning people loved her and wanted to protect her from getting hurt after she worked so hard. They felt like maybe if she doesn't win, she's going to be disappointed. They didn't want her to be disappointed, so they would tell her things like that. And she just thought, no, I can do it. I am. The cookie-selling queen. Amen? I am. I can. And so can you. And nothing that you are, nothing else is a prerequisite that you believe in your heart. That's what you will be. Amen? Amen?